Let us pray. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah, the man of war, his mercy endureth forever and ever. Oh, praise his holy name, amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah, the man of war, his mercy endureth. Forever and ever, oh, praise His holy name, amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah, the man of war. His mercy endureth forever and ever. Oh, praise His holy name. Father Almighty, we worship you. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, we worship you. The Lord of hosts himself, the one who has never lost a war, we bow before you. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Almighty God, we are crying unto you today as your children. We are praying that out of your infinite mercy, you will put an end to this plague in Jesus' name. That you will remember your children all over the world and because of them please end this plague and we are praying Lord God Almighty that today in a very special way you will visit all your children who are born in the month of May please Lord God Almighty be gracious unto them in all areas of their lives Father let there be a new beginning a new beginning of joy, Amen. of success, Amen. of progress, Amen. of anointing, Amen. of a closer walk with you. Amen. And all your children all over the world who might be listening to us today, we pray that you will lay your mighty hands on them Amen. and let your resurrection power flow through every one of them. I'm praying, Lord God Almighty, that as a result of this very special Holy Ghost service, there will be many, many testimonies. Thank you, Almighty God. Glory be to your holy name. For we have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Let someone shout hallelujah. Today we'll be talking on Let There Be Light, part five. And just in case there's someone who is wondering why are we sitting down during Holy Ghost service, 
Well, I want you to know number one, this is a very special one. This is a, it's a lockdown Holy Ghost service. And number two, which is even more important, if you read Luke chapter 5, if you read from verse 1 to 3 there, Luke 5 from verse 1 to 3, the Bible tells us that when a crowd was pressing on the Lord Jesus Christ, he borrowed the boat of Peter. And uh, after he has asked him to push a little bit off the beach, the Bible says he sat down. So the Lord sat down to teach. The crowd stood. So if we are to follow the pattern of our master 100%, we should be sitting down and you should be standing. But uh, you are allowed to sit down as long as you don't query my own sitting down. And of course, the third reason is that, well, this is family to family affair. So you are sitting down relaxed and we are sitting down so that um, we can all relax together however uh, be ready because I believe the almighty God is going to do some very great things in your life today next month by the grace of God we will be speaking on let there be light part 6 we are Praying, believing the Almighty God that uh, we would have seen tremendous changes for the better before then. Now today we want to look at James chapter 1 verse 17. James 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The light that comes directly from God is pure white light. No shadow of any type, no shade of any type, Pure white light. In Acts chapter 22, verse 6, Acts 22, verse 6, when Paul was reporting something that happened to him on the road to Damascus, and you know the story, that story is to be found in Acts chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7. Acts 9 from verse 1 to 7. When he was traveling to Damascus to go and arrest Christians because he was leading the persecution, a light shone on him that knocked him down from his house. He described the light as something that was brighter than the noonday light. Because it was around noon time that this light came from God. And it was so bright that it reduced the light of 
noonday sun to nothing. The light that comes from God is pure white light. And the crucial thing about white light, about the light that comes from God, is the purity. The purity of the light. So when you say, let there be light, you are actually saying, let there be purity. And let there be light, therefore, could mean several things. I'm going to touch just a few of them. And if God allows, maybe in the future, we could return to the purity of light and discuss further. But number one, when you pray and say, God, let there be light, it could be, God, please give me pure healing. You say, what do you mean by pure healing? We're talking about healing total, healing complete, healing comprehensive, healing with no sign that I was sick before. For example, in Mark chapter 8, from verse 22 to 25, Mark chapter 8, from verse 22 to 25, the Bible tells us about a man that was brought to Jesus Christ. He, the man was blind. The Lord spat on his eyes, touched him, and asked him, what can you see? And he said, "Ah, I can see men like trees. Now he can see. But his seeing wasn't perfect. So the Lord touched him a second time. And then he could see perfectly. Pure healing means healing with nothing left to show that I was sick before. In John chapter 9, from verse 1 to 7, John 9, from verse 1 to 7, the Bible tells us the story again of another blind man who was born blind, and Jesus spat on the ground, made mud of the uh, dust, anointed his eyes with the mud, told him to go and wash. He went, he washed, he came back seeing with two brand new eyes. The healing was such that if you read the rest of the chapter, people were arguing is he the same man or is it somebody who just looked like him? 
Let me decree at this stage that those of you who might be sick in any way before this program is over, may the Almighty God give you pure healing. Pure healing could, as we have seen in this example, require a second touch from God. It could require a recreation, giving you something brand new. Like in Romans chapter 4, verse 19, Romans 4, verse 19, the Bible tells us that the womb of Sarah was already dead. So what Sarah got was a brand new womb. And I believe that's a a word for someone out there listening to me. That even if the doctors have already said, either that your womb is damaged or is too old to conceive, in the name that's above every other name, you get a brand new one today. In John chapter 11, from verse 39 to 45, John 11, 39 to 45, when Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead, not only was he resurrected, the original sickness that killed him was taken care of at the same time. He got pure healing. But maybe something that will illustrate it more clearly is to be found in 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 14. 2 Kings 5 from verse 1 to 14. And it tells us the story of Naaman who was a leper. You know the story very well. When he was ordered to go and bathe in Jordan, The Bible says as he was coming out the seventh time, he had skin like that of a brand new baby. So when we are talking about pure healing, we are talking about healing that will not leave a scar behind. You know, wounds can heal. And the scar may remain. But when God gives you pure healing, there will be no scar left behind. And let me remind you of the story you must have heard me tell before. Of a time when I traveled abroad and had just returned, and one of my daughters came and said, Sir, my grandmother is old. Had a problem, we took her to the hospital, they operated on her in the stomach. But maybe because of her old age, the wound refused to heal. And now when she eats, the food is coming out of the stomach. Please, I don't mind if grandma dies, but I don't want her to die in a mess. Could you pray that God will heal the wound? And then if God wants to take her, 
she can go. And since I couldn't travel, I asked asked to bring an handkerchief. I prayed over the handkerchief. She took the handkerchief to the grandma because uh, she was in a very special room. They kept her in the hospital because she could afford it, just waiting for the day when she would die. She laid the handkerchief on grandma, prayed a simple prayer like I instructed her to do, and when she came back the following day, not only was grandma healed, they couldn't even find the spot where they operated on her. God gave her pure healing. I am calling on that God who does not change. That every one of you in need of healing today, you won't get partial healing, but you'll get pure healing in Jesus' name. Let there be light could mean God give me pure life. Vigorous life. Life full of vitality. I don't want to be managing to live. I don't want to live as if I am half dead. Well, you say, what has light got to do with pure life? Well, in biology, we used to study about something they call photosynthesis. And it it has to do with light having effect on plants. And I can still remember, and probably you too will remember, in those days, our biology teacher will give us what they call controlled growing. They will sow corn in the open ground and sow corn covered with a pot on the same ground. After some days, when the corn sown on open ground has grown a bit, they will remove the pot from the other one and you will discover that that one too has grown. But the one that grew outside will be green and beautiful. The one that grew under the pot will be pale and sickly. And they point to us the fact that the one under the pot was sickly because it lagged light. I remember another example, another illustration that they give us. They will put another plant in a pot, covered by a pot, and they will drill a hole on the pot. The plant there will grow and then it will find its way through the hole drilled in the pot searching for light. 
Because light has a lot to do with life, healthy life, vigorous life. Scientists have proved that one of the reasons why old people surrender so easily to sickness, to viruses, is because they are kept at home all the time. They are not exposed to sunlight. And so when you say, let there be light, means God give me pure light, pure life, vigorous life, life full of vitality. For example, Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. Deuteronomy 34, verse 7, tells us that at the age of 120, Moses was still vigorous. His eyes were sharp. And from the description of Moses, at the age of 120, he could see father a son. And oh, you may say that was not clearly stated in the case of Moses. Well, let me give you a surprise. I'm not sure you paid attention to Genesis 25, verse 1. Genesis 25, verse 1 says, Abraham was old and well stricken in age. That means he wasn't just old, he was really old. And yet, he took a new wife. <laughs> I found that really interesting. Because when you look at Genesis 24, if you read Genesis 24 from the beginning to the end, Isaac had married Abraham was a hundred years old before he gave birth to Isaac. Isaac had matured. Isaac had married. After that, <laughs> Papa Abraham said, I can see Andrew a wife. That's what I mean by life. Full of vitality. Full of vigor. If you read Genesis, sorry, Joshua chapter 14, from verse 6 to 13. Joshua 14, from verse 6 to 13. The Bible tells us that Caleb said to Joshua, At the age of 40, you and I said, Give us any mountain, and we will drive out the giants. Now I am 85. I am still as strong as ever. I'm still ready to go to war. I'm still ready to take on giants. Give me this mountain. You know it is written in Deuteronomy 33, verse 25. Deuteronomy 33 from verse, uh, in verse 25. God made a promise. And that promise is for you and for me. 
He says, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, the older you grow, the stronger you should become. I want to encourage all of you who are listening to me today. Stop managing to live. Demand vigor from the Almighty God, the source of light. Pray that the Almighty God will renew your age like the eagles. After all, in John chapter 10, verse 10, John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Not just abundantly, but even more abundantly. I've always led my pastors on a walk during ministers' conference, particularly before the convention. And I would lead them on a walk, just a little walk, maybe about six kilometers, at times a little more. And then at the end of the walk, I'd be sitting down waiting for them to come. And I would be amused as I watch. And I see some people who are maybe 50 years old, coming, panting. And here am I, old enough to be their fathers, ready to teach for another two or three hours. Because some people are satisfied with just managing to live. From today onward, cry to the almighty God and say, I don't want to manage to live. I want life. Vigorous life. Pure life. And then number three. When you say, let there be light, you could be calling on the almighty God and say, give me pure wealth. Pure wealth. You know there is a link between light and wealth? You say, really? Sure. All the great treasures in this world, silver, gold, uranium, crude oil, they are all hidden inside the ground. That is why God said in Isaiah 45 verse 3, Isaiah 45 verse 3, he said, I will give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places. Treasures are in the dark. For you to get them, you need light. And what do we mean by pure wealth? Oh, we're talking about the kind of wealth where you'll be able to say, 
Glory be to God. I have sufficient. For example, in 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 8 to 17, 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 8 to 17, the Bible described the Shunammite woman as a great woman. And God does not uh, use words carelessly. And you know the story very well. This was a woman who saw a man of God passing by, invited him to come and eat, and uh, the man of God kept coming, and she went ahead and beat, uh, built for the man of God an apartment. And then one day, the man of God called her and said, Woman, you've taken care of us so much. What is it we can do for you? Can we introduce you to the king? Or to the uh, commander of the armed forces? She said, Sir, I don't need more contracts. I have sufficient. I pray in the name that's above every other name that very, very soon you too will be able to lift your head high and say, in the name of the great provider, I have sufficient. In 2 Kings chapter 4, the same 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7, 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7, the Bible tells us again the story of a woman, a widow. This was a woman who was so poor, so heavily in debt, the creditors wanted to sell her children. Because that was the only thing they could find in her home that was of any value. But God intervened. Light shone. She suddenly saw that there is a pot a small bottle of oil in her house. She suddenly realized that she was surrounded by poor people like herself with many empty vessels. She suddenly realized that when the man of God made a pronouncement, miracles could follow. At the end of the day, the Bible said she was debt free and she had enough to live on herself and her son for the rest of their lives. Now that is pure wealth. When you get to a stage where you say, forever I will thank God, but if I don't get any more money till I die, I have enough. Uh, if you read Genesis chapter 33 from verse 1 to 9. Genesis 33, 33 from verse 1 to 9. The Bible tells us the story of the meeting of Esau and Jacob after several years. Jacob had prospered mightily. The Bible said he had become exceedingly great. But when he met Esau, and in order to bribe Esau, probably Esau will not carry out his previous threat that he will kill him the day they meet again. He has sent a lot of flocks and goats and sheep ahead to uh, 
caught his favor. Esau said to him, after they met and they embraced and so on, he said, what's the meaning of all these uh, flocks and droves? That's what he called them. That we have seen before. Ah, sir, he is to see if I could use that to uh, find favor with you. He said, uh, my brother, I have enough. Keep your own. He said, my brother, take a look at me. I have four hundred bodyguards. God has prospered me so mightily. I need four hundred bodyguards to go with me wherever I go. Now, that is worth. Now, if you read Genesis 26, from verse 12 to 14. Genesis 26. From verse 12 to 14, when God was describing the prosperity of Isaac, oh, he wasn't just talking about his silver, his gold, his flocks. The Bible said he had a store of servants. <laughs> he had servants so many, he was practically storing them. Can you imagine that kind of wealth? You see, those who think that if you are a Christian, you should die poor, they need to read their Bible again. Our God is not a God of poverty. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, every form of poverty in your life will come to an end. And remember... the case of one of my sons who once said, Sir, I just want to say this one with all humility. I want to thank God for what he had done for me. There is nothing I can do now to stop money from coming in. I said, Sir, you will need to explain that to me. He said, I have so many houses in Lagos and other towns that whether those people like it or not, they have to pay their rent. And I can't ask them not to pay their rent. He said, there's nothing I can do to stop money from coming in. Oh, how I wish that would be your testimony. How I wish that the almighty God who said I would decree a thing and it would be established unto me. How I wish that this decree going out from me right now concerning you will be established. That one day you two will stand up and say, I just want to say thank you almighty God because there's nothing I can do now to stop money from flowing in. Number four. Let there be light. Pure light. Kumi, God, give me pure joy. Pure joy. There is a link between joy and light. Oh, we could give just a simple illustration that will make that one clear. 
Once upon a time, the people in charge of electricity in Nigeria used to be called NEPA. I, I don't know what is their name now. The name had changed again and again. When they took off light, in those days, I, I was living in Moshe. You can hear the groaning of everybody. Oh, NEPA. Particularly if children were watching maybe a football match or something. When they return light, ah, you hear everybody shouting for joy. There is a link between light and joy. And you want a biblical support? Esther chapter 8 from verse 15 to 16. Esther chapter 8 from verse 15 to 16. The Bible says the Jews had light and gladness and joy. When he said the Jews had light, he wasn't saying that one, that, uh, they, 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 that their neighbor took off light and restored it. No, no, no. He is saying God's light shone on them. And what was their sorrow was changed to gladness and joy. And in Psalm 30 verse 5, Psalm 30 verse 5, this one doesn't even need a, a lot of explanation. It is written. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. So you can see weeping associated with darkness and joy associated with light. In the name that's above every other name, may your joy begin afresh. Amen. And when we talk about joy, because I'm, I, 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 I'm thinking of pure joy, I don't know if I've told you before that joy is in categories. There is joy and there is great joy. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 9. First Chronicles 29 verse 9. The Bible said the people rejoiced. But King David rejoiced with great joy. The people were rejoicing. So they had joy. But the king had great joy. His joy was greater than that of his people. And then in Matthew chapter 2 from verse 1 to 11. Matthew 2 verse 1 to 11. The Bible tells us the story of the wise men who came from the east. If we are to believe Bible scholars... These people who came looking for Jesus Christ had traveled for two years. And they proved that by saying that when the king decided to kill children who were born, he said they should kill children two years and under. These people have been traveling for two years. Finally, they arrived. Finally, they saw that the star they had been following was resting above a house. Oh, the Bible said, 
they rejoice with exceeding great joy. So there was joy. And there is great joy. There is exceeding great joy. But do you know there is a joy that is purer than that? In First Peter chapter 1, from verse 3 to 8, First Peter chapter 1, from verse 3 to 8, the Bible talks of joy unspeakable and full of glory. Pure joy. Joy so great you can hardly speak. Joy that is full of glory. I pray for every one of you listening to me today that that kind of joy, joy unspeakable, joy full of glory will become your portion in Jesus' name. I will also remind some of you, I'm sure you've heard it before, the story of a woman. We had a congress. I think the congress was held in Abekuta or somewhere around Ogun State. And after the program, I was praying for everybody. And there was this woman who came. She was barren and she was sobbing. And so I prayed for her. Because she said she'd been barren for a long time and uh, she was having serious problems with the in laws. The following year, we were having the Congress somewhere again, not too far from Ogun State. And then people came, lined up again for ministration. And there was this woman. When it was her turn, I said, Yes, ma, what can I do for you? She looked at me. She opened her mouth and said, Jesus. I said, yes, okay. I thank God for Jesus. What can I do for you? She opened her mouth again, second time, and said, Jesus. And there were quite a lot of people on the line. Yes, thank God for Jesus. Woman, what can I do for you? The third time she opened her mouth and said, Jesus. And I was beginning to get a little bit impatient. Please tell me, what can I do for you? And then she opened her mouth and said, I was a barren woman you prayed for last year. And I looked at her. On the right hand, she was carrying a baby. On the left hand, she was carrying a baby. Now I could understand why her joy was so full she couldn't speak. That kind of joy, joy unspeakable, joy full of glory. May that be your portion from now on in Jesus' name. And then, number five. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hmm. The Lord asked me to tell someone who is listening to me. And said, during the darkness of the lockdown, 
your star will begin to rise. Thank you, Father. Number five. Let there be light. Could be crying to God. God give me pure peace. I've spoken to you before about peace, not too long ago, about categories of peace. I will just remind you to refresh you or your mind about what categories of peace could be. But what I didn't tell you then is that there is a link between light and peace. And there is. In Isaiah 45 verse 7, Isaiah 45 verse 7, the Almighty God said, I formed light. I created darkness. I make peace and created evil. Combine. I mean, just take a look at that statement. He said, I formed light. I created darkness. I formed peace and created evil. So light and peace go together. Darkness and evil walk hand in hand. There is a link between light and peace. Now, I've told you that peace can be in categories. There is peace. There is great peace. Psalm 119, verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. The word of God says, They that love thy law shall have great peace. Then there is all round peace. First King chapter four, verse twenty-four. First King chapter four, verse twenty-four says Solomon had peace all round. Then there is peace like a river. Isaiah forty-eight, verse eighteen. Isaiah forty-eight, verse eighteen. The Almighty God said, if only you obey me, then your peace will be like a river. But then I told you about the peace, the purest peace, and that is in the in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, Philippians 4, verse 7, the peace of God that passes all understanding, the kind of peace that you have, and people will wonder, how can you be at peace in such a situation? I've shared this testimony before. The first time I had a cruise, some some of my children said, "We want you to rest, and the best way to rest is get away from these people. Go on a cruise." And I'm telling you, I've said it before, if you really need a holiday, you want to really, really be on holiday, go on a cruise. They will feed you like nobody's business. They seem to take joy in overfeeding you. 
And since you are far in the ocean, nobody can come and visit. And the first six days of the cruise was like heaven on earth. Then the sixth day, a storm came. Ah, you don't want to be on the ocean when there is a storm. The ship we are in, I mean, several stories high. It's bigger than Sheraton Hotel. But when the storm came, the ocean would take this thing like a toy, toss it up several stories high, and then drop it. And everything was shaking right, left, and right. The cutleries, the plates were flying about. It was terrible. Things got so bad, the captain called all of us together and said, well, ladies and gentlemen, don't worry yourself. Uh, there are 12 categories of storms at sea. Uh, category 1 is the smallest. Category 12 is the worst. And we are only category 10. Ah! <laughs> hey, I said, oh God, what am I doing here? In my village, the biggest river, a, a strong man can jump over it. What am I doing here? Category 10? So he said, don't worry, just go to your cabin and stay there. Oh, God. I got to my cabin. I said, Lord God Almighty, what am I going to do now? And I heard him speak. And the Almighty God will speak to those of you in the storm right now. And said, son, when I was here on earth and there was a storm, what was it the Bible says I was doing? Uh, the Bible said you were sleeping. I said, son, sleep. Immediately I jumped on my bed. And within two minutes I was fast asleep. By the time I woke up, we were already at port. Everything was calm, peaceful. And each time I tell the story, people will say, how could you sleep in such a situation? What else could I have done? Jump into the ocean. I didn't even know how to sleep, how to swim. But that's the kind of peace, the peace that passes all understanding. People wonder how some of us could be cool with all that is going around in the world right now. Thank God for the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I'm saying to all of you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that peace, pure peace, will be your portion from now on in Jesus' name. And then number six, there is something called pure success. Pure success. Another word for pure success is excellence. You see, when, when we talk about good, better, best, we are comparing three things. For example, if uh, three children return from school and they presented their results to their parents and the first one has an 
the total average of 60%. Oh, we say that's good. And the second shows his own average 70%. Oh, this is better. Another brought out his own result. 80%. Ah, this is the best. But none of them could be called excellent. Excellent means it can be better. Excellent means 100%. And there is a link between light and excellence. In Daniel chapter 5, from verse 13 to 14, Daniel 5, Thank you, Father. Daddy says that I should tell someone that according to Genesis chapter 1, every day begins in the evening. In the evening and in the morning, the first day. In the evening and in the morning, the second day. Lord asked me to tell someone, in the evening of this lockdown, your day will start. Thank you, Father. In Daniel chapter 5, from verse 13 to 14, Daniel 5 from verse 13 to 14, the king was speaking and he said, Daniel, I have heard of thee. That light, understanding, and excellent wisdom is found in thee. Three things. Light, understanding, excellence found in one man. There is a link between light and excellence. This Daniel that he was talking about, if you read in Daniel chapter 6 from verse 1 to 3, Daniel 6 from verse 1 to 3, the Bible says the king had 120 provinces. Over each province, he appointed a prince. To be, you know, kind of governor of the, of the province. And then he set over these 120 princes, three presidents. <laughs> you know, in those days, it is the kings that appointed their presidents. Time has changed. And may I pray for every traditional ruler in this nation that their glorious days will come back again. Anyway, so the king appointed 120 princes, three presidents, among whom uh, was Daniel, But then among the three, the king wanted to appoint one that will be superior to the other three, the other two. 
And that fellow was to be Daniel. Because the Bible says an excellent spirit was found in him. First King chapter 4 verse 30. First King chapter 4 verse 30 tells us that the wisdom of Solomon excelled the wisdom of the wise men of the east and the wisdom of every Egyptian wise man. And I'm, I'm telling you in those days, if you're looking for wise men, you either look towards the east or you look towards Egypt. I mean, when you consider the fact that the Egyptians built the pyramids, and up to today, even engineers have to rack their brains to say, how did they do it? You will know those people were wise in those days. But the wisdom of Solomon was greater than the wisdom of the Egyptians, greater than the wisdom of the people from the east. The, the Bible says wise men from the east came to seek Jesus Christ. The, 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 the wisdom was so precious to them in the east that they were willing to travel for two years just to seek the author of wisdom himself. And then when you consider Psalm 8 verse 9, Psalm 8 verse 9, where it says, O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, saying that his name excels all names. When you link that one with Philippians chapter 2, from verse 9 to 11, Philippians 2 verse 9 to 11, that God has given him a name that is above all other names, you understand the meaning of excellence. To be above all. To be well, well, well above all others. When you read Daniel chapter 1 from verse 3 to 21, first Daniel chapter 1 from verse 3 to 21, the Bible said that when uh, the Jews were taken into slavery to uh, Babylon, the, the king said, look among these boys. Search for those of them who, if you read verse 4 there, those of them who had no blemish, those who are skillful in all wisdom, they must be all-rounder, they must be deep in knowledge, in understanding, in science. Those are the people I want you to select. <laughs> it was as if he asked that his servants should conduct a jamb exam and select the very, very best. And then train them. The Bible said after they finished the training, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were ten times better than all the others. Ten times better. And that's saying a lot. But do you know that among the four, 
dynasty excelled. If you read Daniel chapter 2 from verse 16 to 23, Daniel 2 from verse 16 to 23, you see what happened when they had this all these wise people had a serious test. A king had a dream. He forgot his dream. He gathered all the wise men together and said, you must tell me my dream, which I have forgotten. <laughs> and then give me the interpretation. If you don't, you are dead. Daniel said, give us time. Let's go to the one who is the father of lights from whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. Let's let, just give us time. And the four of them went into prayer. But who got the answer? It was Daniel. It was Daniel. Among the four, he was see the excellent one. It is difficult to find a good illustration to give you on excellence. And I'll give you a very poor one and then show you that you can cry to God to give you light so that from now on you will begin to excel. Told you before, way back 1975, there was a World Conference of Applied Mathematicians in Canada. All over the world, applied mathematicians came. And there were two of us that went from Nigeria. Two. And you know how young I was at that time? And of course, I was proud. Oh, God. <laughs> Two people representing my nation. I must be somebody. At that time, <clears throat> I think I probably had published, I can't remember the exact number, maybe about 12 learned papers in journals. But my head was in the clouds. And we all gathered together. And then the man who was to give the opening address, when they began to introduce him, <laughs> he has published 150 papers. I said, oh Lord God Almighty, what am I doing here? <laughs> and he began to speak and he began to talk about the mathematics of the rain. Hey! By the time he finished, I prayed. Almighty God, when it is my turn to present my paper, don't let this man come. <laughs> don't let this man come. Then the day came when I was to present my paper. And who was the, who was the fellow I found sitting in the front row? It was him, same man. I said, God, have mercy on me. But I had prayed all night. Because it's not presenting your paper that is the problem. It is the question and answer that we follow. 
what, how am I going to answer the question of this man? <laughs> he was sitting right there in front. If he raises his hand and he says he wants to ask a question, I can't pretend that I've not seen him. Then I presented my paper. And not a single fellow asked a question. And everybody stood up and clapped, including that man. Now the point I'm trying to make is this. It wasn't, what was it that small boy said that these people didn't know much more. It was God shown his light. Because I was probably the only one there who prayed. When God shines his light upon you, you begin to excel. I pray for every one of you, my children in particular, in the name that's above every other name, you will now begin to excel. And number seven, and now I'm sure you now see the advantage of my sitting down so I can take as much time as I want. I want to talk briefly about the beauty of purity. Pure light, thank you, Father. Thank you, Almighty God. The Lord says there was, there's someone listening to me whose hunger and thirst since this problem started was, oh God, how I wish I have the gift of healings. Daddy asked me to tell you, your wish has been granted. Yeah, like I was saying, pure light is white in color. You know, the, 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 the kind of light that you see when the welder is walking. You know, the welder has to shield his, his face when he's walking because of the light coming from the instrument. White, pure light. But you know, if you've done a little bit of science, if you pass white light through a glass prism it breaks up into seven colors seven colors of the rainbow red orange yellow green blue indigo and violet Maybe one of these days will come and pick it up from there. That inside white light, there's red. Inside white light, there's orange. There's yellow. There's green. There's blue. There's indigo. There's violet. And each, each color stands for something significant. But that will be for another time. 
The implication is all colors are the same when there's no light. I mean, you are all in in your room now, your sitting room, wherever you are. Some of you are wearing yellow dress, some green, some blue. But if light goes out, (laughs) you are all wearing black. It is only when light comes on that you begin to see yellow. Oh, this is yellow. That is green. When there is no light, there is no color other than black. It means it takes light to bring out beauty. And you know what? There is beauty in you. Every person has beauty in him or her. In Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven, the Bible says we have treasures in earthen vessels. Your body is an earthen vessel. Inside this earthen vessel, oh, there is treasure. And until light shines on you, your beauty is hidden. Uh, Let me give you maybe one or two examples. Take David, for example. 1 Samuel, chapter 16. Read it from verse 11 to the end. 1 Samuel 16, from verse 11 to the end. David was a musician. He was very good in instruments, in harp, and so on and so forth. But he was was singing only to animals. Until one day, light came into his father's house. And within a very short period of time, the man who was singing to sheep and goat was singing for the king. His beauty came out. Or take Esther chapter 2 from verse 8 to 17. Esther 2 from verse 8 to 17. Esther was a beautiful girl. A beautiful slave. And then there was crisis in the kingdom. And light shone on Esther. And the ordinary beautiful guest suddenly became the beautiful queen. Oh, let me give, maybe let me give you one more example. Genesis chapter 41. From verse 1 to 44. 
Thank you, my Father and my God. And I hope everybody will take note of this one. Because God is speaking to someone and he's saying, use this period to draw closer to me and I will soon show you how to be unstoppable. Use this period to draw closer to me and I will soon show you how to be unstoppable. Genesis 41 from verse 1 to 44 gives us an example, the example of Joseph. Joseph has excelled in Potiphar's house. In Genesis 39 from verse 1 to 6, Genesis 39, 1 to 6, he was brought in as a slave to Potiphar's house. He took over the household. And then in Genesis 39 from verse 20 to 23, Genesis 39, 20 to 23, he was thrown into prison. He got into prison, excelled there, <laughs> became the controller of the prison. And then one day, light shone. And you know what? It was because there was a crisis in the kingdom. A king had two dreams. Nobody could interpret the dreams. And suddenly somebody who had forgotten Joseph remembered him. I pray for someone here today before this crisis is over. Before this crisis is over. Those who could help you will remember you. And they brought Joseph out of prison. And in less than 24 hours, a prisoner became the prime minister of Egypt. When light shone, suddenly beauty becomes available, becomes exposed. So when you say, Lord, let there be light. To me, Lord, expose my beauty. i tell you a story. Years ago, a woman brought a son to the church in the Vutemeta. The woman was a Christian. And the boy was uh, original rascal. I mean, as rascally as they come. <laughs> so in order to help, we handed over the boy to a soldier. It was a soldier man in the church there. So we handed him over, we handed this boy over. To the soldier. The soldier I'm talking about is the first one to play guitar in the church. He had a box guitar. <laughs> and because he was a soldier, so he could handle anybody, handle the boy very well. And then one day, mommy and I traveled to Kenya. And mommy saw a flute. 
He said, I think I better buy this flute for that, my little rascal. Now that is uh, with uh, a soldier boy who was already teaching him how to play uh, box guitar. To cut a long story short, when the light of God begins to shine on that boy who you would have thought can never amount to anything, God produced for us the one we all know now as Pastor Kunle Ajayi. In that rascal, in that fellow that oh, you wouldn't even want to have as a son, there is beauty. But until light shone, the beauty was hidden. Some years ago, there was a conference of Pentecostals from all over the world. I think in uh, Malaysia. And they gave me 30 minutes to preach. I said, the 30 minutes is mine. They say yes. I can use it as I like. They say yes. I said, thank you very much. The first five minutes is for my minstrel. By the time he had played for five minutes, the man in charge said, I know why you travel around the world with him. Light shone. Beauty came. I pray that your beauty that has been hidden will become exposed as the light of God shines upon you today in Jesus' name. Now let me conclude. We're talking about the purity of light. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Psalm 24 verse 3 to 4, Psalm 24 verse 3 to 4 said, Who ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Who is the one who is going to abide in his holy place? He said, the one with clean hands and pure heart. All these beautiful things that come from the purity of light is available only to those who are pure in heart, whose hands are clean. And you can be one of them today by going before the Almighty God, kneeling down at Calvary at the foot of the cross and asking him to make you clean. I just mentioned briefly, I said, the color of white, when it's broken through the prism, will include red, etc., etc. You know, the color starts with red. And red is the color of blood. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from all sins. Before you can begin to enter into the benefits of green, benefits of blue, 
benefits of yellow, you must pass through red. So I'm appealing to those of you who are listening to me and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ. Before you pray, some very special prayers that I'm going to ask you to pray today. Will you please, even there in your living room, go on your knees now and cry to Jesus Christ to wash you clean with his blood. His blood cleanses from all sins. If, it, if the blood of Jesus washes you, it will make you pure. Free from all sins. So I'm going to give you just two minutes to please go on your knees now. I can't see you, but God can see you. And cry to him and say, Lord, I'm surrendering my life to you today. Please wash me clean with your precious blood. Forgive all the sins I've ever committed. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. And those of you who are in the same room with these people who are bowing down to Jesus Christ now, kindly pray for them. Pray that the one who saved your soul will save their own souls also. Pray that the one who can save to the uttermost will give them genuine salvation. Pray that the almighty God will wipe away all their sins today and receive them into the family of God. Pray for them now. Let's pray for just one more minute. And then I will join my prayers with yours to ask for salvation for all these people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. My Father and my God, I want to bless your holy name for your word. I want to thank you especially for all those who are surrendering their lives to you right now. I pray that you remember your promise. That whosoever will come unto you, you will know why cast out. They have come to you now, Father. Please receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let your blood wash them clean. And this very moment, give them genuine salvation. Write their names in the book of life. Receive them into the family of God. And from now on, any time they call on you, please answer them by fire. And I pray that they will not go back into a life of sin. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to ask you to write down your prayer points. After you have written down the prayer points, I will pray for you. And then since you are in your own homes, you should please take time to pray over these points till you are satisfied. Don't just pray for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then stop. You're not going anywhere. Spend time to pray over these points. Point number one. Thank the almighty God. 
the one who gives all good gifts. The one who has kept you alive till today to hear this message that you've just heard. Praise him. Thank him. Give him glory. And then number two. You will lift your voice to the almighty God and say, Father, please make me purely whole. Not just healed, but purely whole. Whole body, soul, and spirit. Make me purely whole. Number three, you say, Father, please give me pure life. Healthy, strong, vigorous. The older I grow, the stronger let me become. The older I grow, the stronger let me become. Give me pure life. Number four. Father, please give me pure wealth. Never to borrow again. Let me always have more than sufficient. Give me pure wealth. Number five. Father, please give me pure joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Number six, Father, please give me pure peace. Your kind of peace that passes all understanding. Number seven. Father, please give me pure success. Let me be excellent from now in all that I do. Let me be 
Excellent. Number eight. Father, please shine your light on me. And expose my beauty to the world. Shine your light on me. And expose my beauty to the world. Number nine. Father. Out of your abundant mercy, put an end to this plague speedily. Out of your abundant mercy, put an end to coronavirus speedily. Number 10 will be your own personal prayer request. But I will encourage you to include in that prayer for your neighbors, prayer for all your children. Big and small. Prayer for your in-laws. Prayer for your co-workers. Prayer for all those in authority. Prayer for your pastors. And please pray for me too. Now I'm going to pray for you. After which you can then spend quality time in your homes to pray. Now I don't need to begin to tell those of you who are members of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, I believe you are well trained that you don't need anybody to begin to tell you not to fail in your responsibilities to God at a time like this. Almighty God, we answer all your prayers. Let us pray. Once again, my Father and my God, I want to thank you for this awesome moment. Thank you for this very peculiar Holy Ghost service.
thank you for the message you have sent to us again because we know all will be well. And thank you very, very much, Lord God Almighty, because we know you answer prayers. And so I'm joining my faith with the faith of all these, your children, that whatever they will be asking you today, you will grant unto them. Let your light shine upon them. Oh, Lord God Almighty, make them whole. Give them life. Vigorous life. Life full of vitality. Give them pure wealth. If any of them is owing, in your miraculous way, wipe out the debt. Let your children have more than sufficient. Give them joy. Pure joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy full of glory. Father, give them peace. A kind of peace that passes all understanding. Lord God Almighty, give them peace. Give them peace of mind. Give them peace in their bodies. Give them peace in their souls. Give them peace in their spirit. Give them all round peace. And my Father, my God, make them excellent. In every facet of life, let them excel. Shine your light on them, Lord. Expose their beauty to the world. And as a result of the prayer of today, my Father and my God, let there be countless testimonies. Please, Lord God Almighty, have mercy on our nations. Put an end to this plague. And just let your name be glorified. And any time you choose to return, Father, please don't leave us behind. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Let someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.